1999, just months before the crumbling, war-torn, dystopian 20th century prepared to turn into the promising 2000s, the Japanese author Kushun Takimi released the grim novel Battle Royale. It was an instant bestseller, and only a year later it was adopted into a manga and a feature film directed by Kinji Fukasaku. The story revolves around a group of junior high school students that are forced to fight each other to the death. And the film soon topped the charts on Japanese cinema box office. But it was a controversial film, of course. This was, after all, years before films about young people killing each other in a game-like fashion became mainstream family entertainment. Years before The Hunger Games. You know, if, I'm, if I'm gonna die, I wanna still be me. Battle Royale instantly got banned in several countries. But it was nevertheless a huge success, even with critics. And Quentin Tarantino once stated that Battle Royale was his favorite film of the past two decades. There is any movie that has been made since I've been making movies that I wish I had made, it's that one. The influence of this film cannot be underestimated, both in films and TV series, but also, of course, in games. Battle Royale-style games, where players fight to be the last one standing in a constantly shrinking arena, have become a game genre of its own, very much thanks to a certain Brendan Green, aka Player Unknown, who developed the game Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, today known as PUBG, at PUBG Corporation, a subsidiary of Kraft. In January 2022, a cinematic trailer for the game was released, produced by Goodbye Kansas Studios. So, let's find out how it was made. Today, the Yellow Brick Road turns into Yellow Brick Royale Battlegrounds. and welcome to Yellow Brick Road, a podcast about movies, games and visual effects. I'm Nils Lagergren and today I'm joined by two great people from Goodbye Kansas Studios in Stockholm. Director Emnet Mulgeta and VFX supervisor Felipe Borges. Welcome guys. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Emnet, you've been here at Yellow Brick Road before. You have directed many of the game cinematics that Goodbye Kansas has produced, including Assassin's Creed, Valhalla and Redfall. But you, Felipe, you haven't been here before, so let's start with some introductions. Who is Felipe Borges and how did you find your way into this wonderful creative industry? I'm originally from Brazil uh, and uh, I started getting interested into movies and, and especially uh, computer graphics, visual effects, like back when um, Jurassic Park was released. So we go read back to, what, 1993, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that for sure, I believe, was a, a movie when that came out, influenced like a whole generation, for sure. Me included. <laughs> and me too. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. So, and then I was like, um, I was about like probably nine years old. And, and that, 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 that was amazing, you know, like the, that was pure movie magic, you know, like amazing, amazing, amazing work. So 
I was, you know, growing up, I was always with that stuff in the back of my mind and always imagine what would be the process to be involved in that kind of work, you know. So growing up, I was learning, understanding more how that's supposed to, to, to be done. And eventually I find my way, like uh, working commercials, small shops, eventually going to bigger uh, studios. I, then I spent like uh, uh, almost 10 years uh, in Canada uh, eventually. And then was the, when I arrived in Canada was 2012. And then for that next, almost next 10 years, I had the chance to really work in like some bigger, like, you know, feature film projects and, and uh, understanding more about, um, about the whole process and yeah, having the, the pleasure to, to, to work on this, on this industry. So yeah, it was a long, a long process and went from uh, a long learning uh, mm -hmm. curve, you know, Many different, of course, uh, package softwares changing in the industry and, and techniques. And but uh, uh, yeah, eventually I found my way and uh, was, was pretty good, pretty happy. Did, did you get to work with some dinosaurs then? Oh, yeah, I'm still kind of that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm still like I, I work in many uh, kind of creatures, you know. Yeah, uh, one that was really fun, uh, by instance, like I work in Okja, was a nice creature actually, but did some other, you know, snakes and other types of animals. But I haven't had the chance yet to do some dinosaurs, so that's still in my list, you know. Ah, that's good, to that's do. good. <laughs> on your bucket list, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. But it's great to have you here. So today. We're going to talk about this new cinematic trailer for Crafton's game, PUBG Battlegrounds. And you, Emnet, directed it, and you, Felipe, you, you were VFX supervisor. So first things first, tell me about the actual game. All right, so PUBG, um, it's um, made by a Korean studio, and it's a, it's a classic battle royale game, right? So you get thrown into this world, and the basic, I think the basic premise is for you to survive and try to take out as many enemies as you can. So I think every game sort of starts with with you being dropped from a uh, jumping from a from a plane into this world and then as you play the game the actual world gets smaller and smaller. Uh the the actual map there's this sort of blue zone that sort of encroaches on you. So there is a sort of a time limit uh, which is also something that we sort of pick up on in our cinematic. But that that's a basic premise. So as you get dropped down you know you you get sort of scramble and get all the kind of guns and and stuff that you need for survival and then to be able to sort of you know be the be the last person standing so to speak we take them out one by one they won't know what hit them boy who's up behind you look here's what we do surprise attack we go in big chicken dinner style through the window guns blazing you mean like in miramar oh, shit. enough And since the arena is like shrinking, there's no way to just run and hide all the time. No, exactly. Well, that, that that's a whole thing. Campers, that's a whole thing. If you ask the community, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of sort of hate for campers that's <laughs> sitting there waiting. So uh, when did you come in contact with the project? It was brought to me by REP Anton. Um, so he he had been in touch with with Crafton, who are the sort of the, the makers and the publishers of the game. Um, so he he brought this to, to me and also one of our other directors as well. So we sort of tag team on this this project so that was the first thing and and the first thing that he told us like was that okay we got four months uh, and this is the this is the premise we don't have a script now go <laughs> <laughs> so that was that, that was that was the starting point which was you know fun but also very uh, a bit daunting to be honest yeah so, so i mean that's a really open brief <laughs> you could say with lots of possibilities for creative freedom obviously uh, so how did you approach that challenge 
I think I think the the time is always um like the, the production time that we have mm. is is always a factor, right? But also, I think more importantly is how long can this thing be, right? And that's sometimes sometimes you know dictated by the budget. Yeah. So when we're looking at this, we said that you know we can't we can't push past two minutes. Yes, because of production time and also, you know, just, just budget. Mm. And also just telling a story that's that length felt appropriate for what we were going to do for the brief itself. So, um, so having that as a limit, I, I love limitations, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Like I, I, I hate getting a tool of an open brief actually, but so that was one thing. Another thing was also that it was going to be based off of sort of uh co-op, like gameplay, like working in a team, right? Mm-hmm. So that, so, so the, so the story had to center around that. Other than that, they didn't have a storyline for us. It was basically write a script, you know, and then, and, and they really came to us because of the stuff that we've done in the past. So it wasn't even a pitch. It was no. basically a, you know, we love you, we love your work is what they said. And, and, you know, we would love for you guys to, to take a stab at this. So, um, so that's what we did. You know, we had that and then we started writing, uh, you know, just spitting out some ideas. Um, like a bunch of, people in a room just throwing ideas at exactly and then see see you know what can we do when and then trying to find these we're trying to use these limitations to our advantage mm. you know and then we sort of narrow it down to not too many locations we knew that we were going to have a a a a team and then a b team so to speak like mm. two team fighting each other so so we knew that we had to make at least eight characters um so i think the limitation then came is like how big is this map or this world going to be yeah um so yeah uh while still hinting at other maps is what we needed to as well so it was it was sort of a challenge you know had you worked with crafton before i mean did you have to earn the trust of creative freedom or did you already have a long history with them or was it the fact that they had seen things that you had done before exactly i think i think that was the thing i i hadn't worked with them i don't think we as a company at, at gbk had worked with them before but they've obviously seen stuff that we've done in the past and and if you look at their their past cinematics that, that they've done they they've you know they've gone to all the sort of the big uh companies so mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. you know blur has done some and you know uh, platish and some other some other places so it felt almost like it was it was our turn so to speak <laughs> uh so we so we obviously we embraced that challenge you know yeah. fully had the two of you worked together before we hadn't no no apart, i mean i'm you know I, i am sort of a closet uh brazilian you know having spent some time <laughs> in brazil and, and and i always said that that's where i'm going to retire so you know you follow un poco uh, so so i get to like sort of you know try my portuguese with with the felipe but no we hadn't worked together and i was super excited having having seen what he's done in the past obviously his his long track record in this business so that was cool i was really excited also to work with eminent uh, for sure and like this project i think was uh, uh, you know was kind of perfect actually in a way because one thing I'm experiencing here at GBK and I think is fantastic, you know, is like uh, how collaborative is the whole environment. So this project, as Eminent was saying, like it was challenging because of the time frame. Mm-hmm. It was like a short amount of time to the overall type of work that we do and to the complexity of the work, even being like uh, 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 like trying to lock into two minutes of animation. Mm-hmm. and But you still have like uh, many characters at uh, different locations, effects, like like pretty much everything uh, we had in this project uh, in, a, in, a, in a way, you know. But like uh, how open was the environment to, uh, to collaborate, to share. So this was something that I love it, work with Eminent, because was really easy. Mm-hmm. The whole back and forth of ideas, bouncing ideas, evaluating what we could do or not could do in the time and how we'd approach them. And like, so uh, that was really cool. It was really nice uh, to be part of this uh, process with Eminent. So 
Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So when the script was there, when you, you, you had found the story you wanted to tell, what visual references did you work with? Were there any films or series that influenced the tonality or visual look of the trail? One definitely that was key for us was the was Tenet. So Tenet uh, from Christopher Nolan, that mm. was uh, really one that we kind of look into some of the, the uh, on the, like, uh, Pretty much, kind of the the, the the war sequences that that was in the movie, uh, uh, um, and the 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 contrast, the key to feel ratio, the the overall kind of grading, you know, like. But there was other movies also too, like one that was really influenced us overall in the beginning of the project uh, was Sicario. You know, oh, yeah. we really like the photography on that one. Mm-hmm. The how how natural also the deep uh, director of photography work work on that movie. So uh, there was many, uh, many influences. It is interesting that because, as you guys all know, my background is definitely from a visual effects background, which yeah. is live action. So my eye is like completely trained to look into images, plates, then we do CG, and then I match CG into the plate. And yeah. the idea is that stuff looks as seamless as possible for the audience, no? And that was really nice to be able to now experience this other flavor with GBK mm-hmm. doing full, like I have done for my whole uh, uh, professional career, a lot of full CG shots in the context of live action shots, you know? Yeah. But now doing this full two minutes, full uh, CG was interesting. But the approach is always it starts for us looking into uh, real pictures, yeah. live action references, and then we kind of explore from that. So these are the ones that I quickly remember now. I mean, yeah. but if you want to, yeah, that, that was because 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 one of the one of the things that the that the narrative is built around is that we're showing different maps, yeah, and those different maps are different worlds. So one was more of a sort of a desert based world, which is called Miramar. So that's where the the Sicario reference came in, yeah. and then there was one more more w- wintry. So that's what we looked at that. And one thing that obviously that, that me and Felipe bonded on is our sort of love for, for photography and lighting mm-hmm. and lenses and all that stuff. I think we really bonded on that. And I can go really deep and, and nerdy, but, you know, how does vertical lenses, you know, when is that more more appropriate than, you know, um, anamorphics? And, and we started looking at those little things. So I think, you know, having references from live action is always good so we can talk a common language. Yeah. But then we're trying also trying to create our own thing. I think mm-hmm. that's the key. We're not copying anything else. So even though we had that as a as a as a starting point in terms of you know the contrast level, like how do we light it? Like I want to do natural light as much as possible, right? But having that making that interesting. So mm-hmm. you know we can look at you know do we do we not do any uh, you know fill lights? We only have a key light. You know nerdy stuff like that. But I think that that also dictates to to the look of it. And I think also that's why I think crafting came to us as well. Because it has a very sort of live actiony feel to it. Yeah. If you look yeah. at their past trailers, they they are tend to have a different sort of visual look. Yeah. So I think we really put our stamp on this. Um, totally, I percent agree with you. And I think like the client gave us that freedom to us. Yes, mm-hmm. that very, was very yeah. trusting. That's that was really good. They came to us and like we want you guys. Like we trust in you guys. You guys have done amazing work. Yeah, make 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 sure that we hit the points. Yeah, you know, it, you know, action, a bit of comedy. And this sort of teamwork, mm-hmm. you know, and let's make sure. And then also the one thing that they did stress, um, I'm sorry, I'm sort of wearing off, the, going off <laughs> topic here, but it was, it was, it was our, our knowledge about doing close-ups and, 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 um, um, you know, uh, emoting 
Yeah. You know, conveying emotions. I think that's what they kept talking about. Like, we want your close-ups of these characters. The famous Goodbye Kansas face rigs. And exactly, exactly. So that's, obviously, that's what we gave them. Uh, but, so that was interesting. Yeah, and I think, like, personally, what was interesting, too, is, like, in VGFX, in this, like, you know, VGFX live-action project, usually... I would work with another VFX supervisor from the client side, yeah. you know. But in this type of project, the good thing is like we have directors in house, so work with Eminent. That was great because also he has a, a, a whole background with live action productions, you know. So that nerdy stuff that he was mentioning about cameras, if we go like you know anamorphic spherical lenses, the way we light stuff, for me that was awesome to be part of it yeah. because usually what happens is like on the visual effects you know a live plate uh, you know a plate sorry based work i usually have to work with what what it was shot what what is like so i have to match that yeah. in this type of project i'm on the beginning i'm since the inception and i'm involved on that and the way we're gonna do the the actual uh, uh CG shots, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean, you worked on a bunch of big movie blockbusters and TV series through the years, like Ant-Man and the Wasp and the latest Bond film and Game of Thrones. Um, so so how, how did that experience influence your work on this full CG production where, where you start with nothing, so to say? Uh, influences, like, uh, there is pretty much 100% uh, influences me because... Um, at the at the end of the day, like uh, I would say, overall, even if it's like uh, it's full CG, we are approaching like uh, like camera in the same kind of camera language, you know, that you're doing mm-hmm. live action. We are approaching the lighting simulation, the way shaders and surfaces reacts to light, uh, the way that the animation of the characters are done. Like by instance. Um, I don't know if if you if you if you guys listen to this don't understand the difference between a keyframe animation and a motion capture uh, animation. This project's pretty much uh, most of it is mocap, mm-hmm. is motion capture, and it's quite interesting to see the way like you know directors uh, are on on uh, on the on the motion capture soundstage and actually working with the actors and getting all that stuff captured. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of similarities, and for me. Uh, was just even even better as I was explaining you before because I could be involved in this kind of decisions that come uh, much uh, usually much before than the visual effects uh, when they are on on set and you know developing with like the director and the DP on a project so I was being able to be involved on that uh, uh, early early on but there is there is many things like even to the level of like being nerd about let's say motion blur. Yeah. And discussing about how the motion blur is supposed to behave when you try to simulate a specific type of camera, mm-hmm. or you know, like a sp- type of sh- shuttle in the, shutter in the camera. So, yes, uh, really, uh, uh, yeah, there's many, 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 many topics or points, or it correlates a, a lot. Uh, yeah. yeah. At first glance, this might look like a classic Goodbye Kansas Studios game cinematic, but in some ways it is quite unique. For example, you mentioned that very tight time frame but also the fact that you designed as many as was it seven or you mentioned eight characters it is seven i think yeah but also that you designed uh, as many as seven characters from scratch characters that then became characters in the actual game if i understand correctly Uh, tell me about that process yeah so so that was that was pretty unique and and um 
I, th- I think what we did is, I mean, as always, when we work about characters, we actually, you know what? I think for this project, it was it was more like we went really like we we wrote backstories. You know, we started from scratch as yeah. if you would write a script, basically, right? So we, so with our art director, we sort of put together like backstories for these characters. Um, you know, age, where they're from, uh, trying to get a, a sort of a diverse and and uh, you know as an interesting collection of people as possible. And the thing with this game, I mean, this is something also that came from client is that you know, the, this idea that it's ordinary people mm-hmm. that live ordinary world that then gets thrown in. So there's like a layer of, of everydayness. Yeah. And then you put guns on top of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, that's an interesting thing. So, you know, we, I mean, you know, some of these characters are are really favorites of ours, like Amelia, which is one of the, the, the snipers. Like yeah. she came, you know, she's this sort of Irish badass uh, woman that, you know, doesn't speak that much. And she has a whole backstory. I'm not going to go into it now, but but that's the thing, like we, we wrote this stuff and then we started collecting references and then we had our amazing concept artist, you know, render these, these yeah. people. We presented at the client, they loved it, you know, and, and I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be characters, you know, in the game as well. So, so we just go, you know, bit by bit like that to build them up and then looking at the costume. What does the costume talk about, you know, tell about the characters, all those things, um, did, did you uh, work with like visual references as well? Like female sniper should look like this and that actress or that guy should look like, like the guy in my grocery store or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did have actually, um, you know, we always, we always uh, bring out faces yeah. to sort of communicate to our facial team because they designed these, these yeah. faces from scratch. Right. But we always want to start from something, but it's also, we never want to go obviously too similar. Right. It's like, it, we'll bring a collection of, of sort of references and then, you know, we'll tell our amazing, um, you know, character artists to to design something, and they came back. I think, to be honest, most of these characters we went with like version one or version two, because there's, they're, you know, the team is so good. And then, but then when it comes to clothing, I mean, costume, you know, as you would work with with any sort of live action, I mean, you know, we 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 pick out, um, uh, you know, our concept is they, they we sort of pick out um, costumes and 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 look at the, um, you know, color palette. Yeah. And, and making sure that that these teams, because they're they're fighting against it. That's the whole story, you know. We have the team A versus team B, uh, that they feel diverse enough and and different enough that we can identify them, um, but still have that sort of layer of of, of normal normalcy or everydayness underneath itself. Have you ever been tempted or, or considered to like throw in a little of yourself in a character? Like, can't this character have like a nose like mine? <laughs> no. I, oh. Uh, uh, no, I'm, I don't think I'm that vain, but uh, <laughs> I haven't really, to be honest. But but you do. I mean, the thing is, you know, inspiration comes from everywhere. So yeah. even if you see like an image or something that the that the concept does, you're like, oh wait, wait, you know, like I know this guy, like oh I know, you know, someone that I saw, like you said, in the grocery mm. store or something. You know, I mean, you always you always try to pick up on these things, and yeah. uh, I'm always fascinated by people. Like I just I love people watching, and I'll just like I'll write a little in my notebook. I'll write a little. You know, if I see some something, some quirkiness or something, I always write it down to use as a as an idea for something. So, yeah, you you mentioned the, those close ups of, of digital human faces that Goodbye Kansas uh, do, uh, and Goodbye Kansas has have created many digital humans through the years. Does it get easier for every project, or is it the same huge challenge every time? That's, that's a really good question. I think if you would ask our our um, our character artists. Um, in especially the, the the people that are working with the look dev and stuff, they they, I'd say that they think that that it that it's getting harder because we they need to sort of top themselves, mm. you know, looking at new techniques, 
um, you know, it's just the, the way that we can make it more realistic and stuff. But I do think from a creative point of view, it's the challenge is always there. I mean, you want you want you don't want to repeat yourself. You know, you, you want a character that that feels true to what the story is and and that's interesting and you know. So, but I, I think from the technical side, and Felipe, you can talk about this more. I think we're always trying to push each other, um, you know, technically to, to get to the next level. And I think that's maybe that's where the challenge yes, is. Uh, totally. And characters are always complex, especially when you have to do close-ups, because then you're dealing with like uh, not only the skin, which is usually is a complex type of shader mm. that means a lot of very nice textures and details and, you know, uh, you have like uh, very micro details also into the into the surface of a skin and a face, but uh, besides all of this work, when you are in close-ups, that's what us as humans are more used to to see. You know, so since we are little kids and yeah, like so, when you really look into the face of another person or you look in the face of a CG character to make you believe that that looks good or is natural, it's something really really complex. But I do have to take the chance now, as uh, Eminent was saying also, we do have a freaking amazing, talented team of artists at Goodbye Kansas. They are insanely talented. Mm. Like, uh, um, as you mentioned before also, I work in many other big productions, work also with uh, a talented all around the globe and a lot of very talented artists, but the extra flavor that I see at Goodbye Kansas, and I really hope this stays forever in this studio, is that individually we have a lot of talented artists, but they have a collective mind thinking. Yeah. And this creates the extra, you know, that's the superpower. Because when you go to really bigger studios, that could get lost in a way. You have hundreds or like uh, the last studio was working was like 700, you know, artists mm -hmm. on, on the same building. We we are able to to know some of them. We are able to work together in a few projects, but you don't get really attached. And in Goodbye Kansas, I was able to see from from department to department, they sharing the knowledge. They, they really care you know, of what they're delivering down down the pipe to the next department. And I think that's really important, like is, is where we really shine because uh, technology is there. Yeah. We are always evolving, We're always trying to get the, the cutting edge technology, always in rendering the type of shaders that we are using, the, the, the hardware also that we can have on our render farm. We are always uh, fighting for that. And the artists are always also trying to increase their knowledge learning different ways of doing things, better way of doing things and approach uh, the complex tasks like skin, like human face and many other tasks. But where it really shines is the way they work together and really share and trying to also look into the complexity and see who is the, you know, the best fit for this moment, for this specific task and how they can, they can collaborate together. So, yeah, it's a big shout out, like, you know, to every artist at Goodbye Kansas, especially the ones that I have the opportunity to work also in Warfield. Uh, you guys are fantastic. <laughs> you guys rock. Yeah. How big was the team? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. But was, um, I think, easily, I don't know, maybe Eminent can, if you, if you can correct me on that one, but I think easily, uh, from beginning to the end, we we had like you know more than fifty people involved yeah, in the say, project. I would say yeah. so. Yeah, 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 easily. Yeah, but it's, it's a lot of different disciplines, right? Yes, it's everything it's, from the from the production of, of making these characters to 
to the actual shoot, to the animation, to the, you know. Yeah, you, you guys have to, under, to understand, like, you know, when you're doing a character, and as, as Eminent was mentioning, like, you know, like in a live action, you, cho you, cho you choose the actor and then you, you need to do all the, 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 uh, uh, no, the, the dressing, the costume and, and like you, we have all of this digitally done. Yeah, you so know? it has to be done by someone, right? It, yes. it doesn't magically come into place. Yeah. And, and especially in our pipeline for, for doing characters, we have specialists only on the face. And then you have a specialist who can do all the costume and then the rest of the body and hands and like, you know, and this is, I'm just talking about the model itself, which is something that's not moving yet. But once you have to move that, it has to be rigged. And we have like people who are amazing in details, like uh, on very nice advanced type of rigging, not only for the face, but for the rest of the body, for the details and close-ups and hands also. And comes the whole motion capture, performance. So it's, it's a lot of people involved in the, in the process. Traditionally, uh, a good Bacchanal Studios uh, game cinematic production takes at least six months, I'd say. Uh, but, but you mentioned that, that you had to do this in four months, a much tighter schedule. How did that affect the work process? Yeah, I mean, you know, ha having four months obviously means that you can't do everything and also you know, you have a budget like everybody, like every other project. So, you know, I, th I think the first cut that I did was two and a half minutes, even more. Um, and it was just about, okay, we need to trim this down because it, you know, what, what, you know, the, the danger is that you're overextending yourself. That, that means like you have too many shots, you're not going to give every shot the same love. So it's going to have the overall quality and also the, the storytelling is going to, it's going to, going to suffer from that. So there were actually a bunch of sequences that we actually had to cut you know, the, the, this whole, this whole storyline where we see Ford, which is the leader of, of the, the team that we follow, them getting into this prison and making the way upstairs. I mean, that, that was, that was told through many more shots. And this is basically this process of just killing it. You know, you're seeing it like be, being very sort of sober and looking at the edit. Does this actually, is this needed to drive the narrative or not? So, you know, we did, we did cut a lot of shots and then you know, trying to get down just, just for, you know, sanity's sake and also just to make sure that we can, that we can, that we can deliver on time and, and, you know, with, with, with good quality, you know, at the end. So, so, but, but I do think actually narratively, I, I think it helped it, you know, it's like you always try to trim the fat, you know, look at any feature film or even sh show. I mean, you know, the, the first assembly is like five hours, which obviously can't be done. So. You know, it's the same thing. It's just uh, more compressed here. We're talking about like, you know, two and a half minute versus, you know, a minute and a half or something. Yeah. I think I would like to, to add on that, that uh, when you see, when you talk about like four months, you know, like to, to do a work like that is really challenging because also we are not only, uh, uh, when I say only, of course, there's a lot of work in, in the production itself, doing all this uh, um, characters, environments, you're getting the, the pixels out, you know, but this is four months. We're also ta talking about all the pre-production involved. So since, you know, like Eminet and, and other directors discussing or, or discussing with the client, get the ideas together, getting the first draft and also getting like, you know, the initial concepts for characters, getting that stuff approved to actually go into the production of the assets. So I would say even inside of the four months, if I, if I roughly mention, maybe the, maybe the first month, so the first three weeks was very intense on the pre-production. But then we had to start producing these assets, these environments, and eventually we go into shot production. So in a normal, let's say, uh, when you have more time in a regular uh, schedule, you know, 
or time frame on a project, we would go a bit more slowly and we would have to finish one step to start another step. And that would be like a more kind of uh, sequence-based kind of production uh, process, you know? Mm -hmm. In this project, another thing that I would say that uh, uh, Goodbye Kansas, uh, I got impressed, you know, and really shines, is that we had to do uh, a parallel workflow pretty much from the get-go. So we started working on these environments and these characters, but I have to drop them on, you know, shots almost like immediately, as soon as possible, so we could see what are the, the complex uh, that we are dealing with, what are the issues, questions would be raised, and then I could go back back and forth with Eminet and see, okay, how far can we take this shot? Which shots are really the money shots? Which shots we can actually you know spend maybe less time or less money on that once and make this call? So it's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's not like every like you know, not any any in place out there who can actually work a production that level and work in parallel as we did and delivered on time, high quality, and the client extremely happy. So that was really good. And then on top of that, it was Christmas as well during the period. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, did we mention there's also a pandemic? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the new normal now, so no one even blinks an eye. <laughs> so of all these shots uh, that you produced, uh, do you have a favorite shot in the trailer? It's hard to pick a favorite, no? Like, you have, like, a one one favorite no i can't it's it's hard i mean i love i love amelia the sniper so any sort of close-ups with her especially when she there's this shower where she's looking down the scope and yeah. she's like she says what's it? I, I can't even remember what she says but she has a little smile and don't worry is what yes. she says right and i love that shot because it's just like you know it's part of her personality and also it looks great yeah when she said like i got your back you now like they're almost like whispering yeah and then i have that very nice close-up uh uh yeah so that that shot for sure was really good i will remember going like you know doing the the 4k review you know like with all the setup to actually go and judge the final final pixels i remember going to that shot like carefully frame by frame back and forth many times just to just to have the pleasure of enjoying that uh that shot don't worry aziz i got your back yeah there's many many good shots like a, like so, so like one that we are kind of uh, uh, the last shot in the project when we were showing like a new map, you know, uh, uh, because that shot was not really part of the con context of the the main uh, the main part of the of the of the movie, you know, like that shot was kind of working as a bespoke shot or on the side on the shot. So and then eventually we're starting to look so cool, so nice. Also too the airplane opening yeah. and then the whole city in the back. That's the whole like uh, something that we didn't mention too much, like the the CFX, which is the actual all the kind of secondary motions that you see in a character, like hair, cloth, and uh, that shot, that last shot was pretty nice because we have like so, uh, the, the schedule was so uh, uh, tight that our CFX team really, I, I, have to, I have to say that here, like our CFX team pretty much went through all the shots and they got all that shots approved you know, like in pretty much one week mm -hmm. of uh, of CFX work, that that's outstanding. And in that last shot, I do remember uh, they sent me like a, 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 a another uh, daily when they said, "Filippi, we're still able to add this extra feature." So uh, they add like extra cloth simulation inside <laughs> of the airplane. So like, and the funny thing cool, about yeah. that shot is, I mean, because you know, this whole game has a very sort of strong fan base. So, and that was that was a hint, and sort of a little release. 
yeah, a little teaser of an upcoming map called mm-hmm. Kiki. So if you look at, you know, like just looking at the comments from YouTube after we released it, I mean, that's what they picked up on, which is kind of cool. So it is an important thing, you know, even for us, it might be a simple shot, it's, but it's something that the, that the fans really were gravitating towards. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that came out nice. Sure. It came out real nice. Yeah, yeah. The upside of a tight production like this uh, is obviously that you didn't have to wait so long until it was released. <laughs> so it was released just weeks after delivery, right? Uh, in January. How did it feel? to see it released. Oh, it felt amazing. It was, I, I have this sort of, there's a running joke, uh, goodbye council, that, <laughs> that would, whatever, whatever trail that I happen to work on always gets pushed <laughs> with the release wise. <laughs> so this one, all that karma sort of get, got paid off. Cause I think, I mean, we delivered it and it was out like a week after, yeah, which is like yeah. amazing. So, and it's, and it's always cool to be, I mean, you know, I'm not going to hide it. Like I, I, I go in and look at the YouTube comments and like, yeah. that's the only connection that we get from yeah. the fans. Yes. And they, yes. obviously they, they liked it, you they know, really so like that was it. cool. Yeah, so yeah. that was nice to see it released yeah. that fast. Yeah. I wish all my project could be released that fast. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was really nice. Yeah. So last but not least, uh, I usually ask what projects that my guests are working on at the moment, but, but I assume that those projects are probably too secret. Uh, so I have another question for you this time instead. Nice. What's the best thing about working in this industry? The best thing for me is like uh, I had the chance to work with like so many talented people every day like clever, really smart people, like coming with like uh, different, from different backgrounds. We work with people from all over the the world, no? Mm. And is just for me is really like, I, I like, I really like challenge projects, you know, like I, I like to, I like to, 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 to really have to go look into something that we are trying to achieve mm. and you start with the, okay, Maybe never we have never done this, or maybe this is too too tight as a schedule, or maybe like I like that kind of situation. I, I love it actually. Uh, and when you work with clever people, you know, you know, you're gonna find an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, together, we're gonna find solutions. And that process of discussing and finding solutions, finding answers, and when you start getting the, especially in this, because we are working this. Uh, 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 is all about images, you know, about visuals. Like you know, when you're starting actually coming from an idea, it's something that is completely. Uh, I don't say like it's not concrete yet. No, maybe vague a little bit, but then you go for this whole process with working with a lot of of talented people, and eventually you have a final product. You look at that image and you say, "Whoa, that is concrete now." And took like a lot of uh, a lot of hard work, and clever ideas and solutions for the process for the process. That that feels like is a lot of accomplishment on that, you know. And and yes, so for me, I like that. Like it's a team effort yeah. of a lot of. Is is almost if you think about it, is almost for me like when you actually go uh, to a concert or like you see like a, a, a orchestra playing, yeah. you have. Every single person there specialized on an instrument, but if they are able to all get in sync and and playing together, you come with something amazing at the end. Yeah. So that for me is uh, fantastic. This collaborative and and and, and yeah. That's a great answer, man. Yeah. Wow, oh. that's that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I, for me it's 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 twofold. I think one is like just just and you touch upon this. 
you know, having like a written sentence on a page, you know, and then six, three, four, six months later, seeing something mm. uh, tangible yeah. from that is, is, is always like, I remember like in my first shoot, live action shoot, same thing. You know, like I, I drew this sort of, you know, squiggly storyboard and then now I'm sitting on stage and we built something physically and we're shooting something. That was, that was insane for me. And also just working with people that are really passionate about what they do. Like, I think that's, that's, you know, we're so fortunate about that because, you know, we all, we're all here because we want to do what we want to do. And, and, you know, that's the best thing, I think, working with passionate people. Yeah, there's like nothing better. I, I would say uh, Eminet probably feels the same. Like when you have people message you, like the, the let's say the, the asset or the shot is pretty much done. Mm. But then you have an artist is still message you and say, Filippi, I think we can make it this part better. We still can improve this. Yeah. This is really Don't tell the producers, yeah. but you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, yeah, no? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Passion is so important. Many thanks for coming and, and talking about this great trailer thank you thank you very much yeah yeah and you out there thanks for listening and feel free to reach out and and mail us if you have questions or suggestions or things you would like us to talk about you reach us at podcast at goodbyekansas.com until next time goodbye auf wiederhören wie hörsch